Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Clayton? Oh, I'm doing. How about you? Pretty good. Good. Yep. Is this Doug? Yeah. Yep, this is Doug. Oh, okay. 
Can you hear me okay? I'm using. Yeah. Back on now? Yeah. Okay. What happened there? Oh, I reached for something and I hit the <laughs> phone that shut us off. I was. Yep. I'm trying to use these earphones. That, do you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. All right. I got a real stiff neck today. I haven't been hardly able to move it, so. Oh. Use these earphones so I don't have to hold the phone. Been working hard, or how'd you get that stiff neck? Pardon me? How'd you get that stiff neck? You've been working hard? Oh, well, I need to slow down, but I, that's that's normal with me. You know, ever since I broke my neck, when it, I've been doing the green drink, and when it gets all those toxins broke up in me, it goes to my neck and my ears and my sinuses and gives me a headache. Oh, yeah. And my, I'm try, I, I'm supposed to see the doctor tomorrow. I'm gonna figure out if there's a way to get rid of those toxins once you get them. You know, you got to get rid of them, or they're gonna go all over my body. <laughs> right. Now, uh, have you seen that doctor for the first time yet, or is that tomorrow's gonna be first? I mean, yeah. Well, just for a treatment. Her her class is not until Tuesday. This coming okay. Tuesday, but she invited me to a a barbecue at her office tomorrow and maybe maybe I can find out then, you know, and not wait until Tuesday. Nice. I hate to I hate to call her and bother her. She's always so busy, you know. Right. But uh I can tell I've got toxins in me because boy it's sure breaking it up. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean that yeah. uh, they they put off some kind of a um lactic acid or some various mm-hmm. stuff that's no good. Yeah, yeah I, I as soon as I you know, I drink that drink every day and then I it bothers me late after like this and then by night, you know, or the next morning it's gone and I feel a lot better but it's just getting rid of it. I don't know, I guess I'm just you know some days, I don't know, I, I'm doing good, but then I'm doing bad, you know. I don't know. I can't get certain things off my mind. It keeps coming back to me, so I just have to pray about it and ask the Lord to take it away, those thoughts, you know. Right. 
some things I don't understand, you know, why people do this. You know, I've just realized a lot of stuff here lately that was going on for months trying to, you know, destroy me and hoping, glad I was sick, you know. I don't know. It's, uh, I guess it's just human nature to feel that way once in a while. I'm trying to figure out is that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I know people get confused, but to me that I look back now at what was going on and stuff, and that was very evil. Yeah. You know, you don't do that if you're not, if you don't have some evil in you. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, I think you're right. Um, and sometimes, you know, I, I think sometimes we wonder, like, okay, did I, did I deserve that? Um, yeah. And it's it's sometimes that's that's a kind of a bad question <laughs> because yeah. the the right question is, do I deserve that? In other words, what you're current mm-hmm. what you're currently doing. Um, you know, if, if that involves repentance, then what you did in the past doesn't matter so much. I mean, mm-hmm. there needs to be reconciliation for whatever you've done that's wrong. But as far as the other mm-hmm. duty too, that's not that's not the issue. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm glad you said that. It's what I need to dwell on now is my repentance and you know, try to keep me right. Right. And, you know, so part of that, I'm sure, would be um, keeping your focus, you know, building a focus on uh, doing the will of God, you know, as far as, you know, you've already started out on that, uh, mm-hmm. but building that, making it stronger. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, there's going to be, uh, whenever there's opportunities to make something right, that's that's restitution, um, then there's the preparation for that and, and the doing of it. Um, and that's, uh, you know, whether it's with with her or, or with others, you know, neighbors or whoever. Um, mm-hmm. I would suggest right now it's probably a good time to focus on others. You know, you know, making sure that anything that you did that was that really should have been done differently, then um, maybe think about calling that person that you did that to mm-hmm. and, uh, and deal with that. Yeah. I don't recommend you deal with with Starla right now. Well. Um, I, you know, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or not. I, uh, you know, remember we talked before the message she sent and everything wouldn't help with those cats. Well, I took food over to Charla and Marsh's and left it there, you know, so she wouldn't have to come here. And then found out there's maybe like 30 of them. So I 
got involved, you know, setting up a team. Uh, some people I know could go there and trap them and get them fixed. And, but I told them, you know, don't even bring my name up. Don't say nothing about me. But I'm just, you know, and, and I told them I don't even want to make contact with them again. You know, I don't want to get involved in any way. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering, is the cats getting trapped or what's going on? But really, you know, I've done what I can do other than if I'd done it myself and there's no way I'm going to do that. So I need to let it go, you know, and not worry about it anymore. And I'm just wondering, is that the right way to handle it? Or, you know, it's not about, or it's about, you know, I always help the animals. Well, I don't know if I should keep, you know, taking food over to Charlie and Marsh's and letting her pick it up. I mean, she's a grown person. They are to be able to be responsible. She knows those groups. You know, they don't like her, but maybe she may have to go through somebody else to just get help. I don't know. I don't know what's the right thing right now. You know, I all I know is I don't want to get involved personally, you know. I've right. had enough. Yeah, you know, um, of course, the big, here's the bottom line, I think, is um, God did make cats in a way that, um, well, of course, I guess the babies can't take care of themselves very well, but, you know, Mm -hmm. cats are are able to take care of themselves. They become Mm -hmm. wild and they do what they do to to survive. Um, but, so there's that aspect, you know, the, the fact that nature takes its course, and one thing, too, is that whenever there's an imbalance in nature, nature, um, well, nature takes its course to balance it back. Yeah. Um, so that means that you, there's no way you or I could go out there and be the, the, the rescuers of all the dying little baby animals out in the wild. Right. Um, so, um, then, so the other part is, yeah, there's people that have uh, big hearts and they, they say, okay, here's a needy little kitten or 30 of them. Um, the best uh, scenario would be that one who sees those kittens be taking care of them as best they can and not coming it off on others. So that's, to me, that's the reality of, that's how responsibility uh, comes our way is when we encounter things like that. I think, though, that, um, you know, of course, when we see that the one who sees the need is has no ability, there's no way they can help, then, you know, we have to consider, you know, Mm-hmm. things, but you know, in my view, um, there are Starla or others that are in that neighborhood where the thirty kittens are. Um, they're the ones that really should be working hard toward getting those things taken care of. Mm-hmm. If you're miles and miles away. That doesn't make a whole a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um, 
hard for the for those. Um, but there's a limit, you know. At a certain point, mm-hmm. not able to take on all the little projects. If, if someone dumped on you a hundred kittens, it would be too much for you. <laughs> yeah, that's what's got me down, and uh, my health and everything is going day and night snowstorms and everything, rescuing them. Uh, but, you know, I don't know, I'd like your input on this, that I kind of feel that by me doing that, that's actually, that's, because she's done that to me for years. She'd go out and find 30 animals that needed help and then dump it on me. And then she would just be on the phone and make a few phone calls and, and want all the glory for it, you know, and I'd never say anything. But everybody knew who was doing the work. But to me, that's just, I don't know, I kind of feel like I'm if I keep doing that, it's just another way she's still using me, you know, and yeah. uh, that needs to stop. Right. They they should be responsible. I mean, they, they're the ones that moved wherever they're at. They're the ones that, took on that project, they should be responsible for it, I feel. Now, you know, before I was feeling so bad for the animals, but because I know what goes on, you know, and I know she's not qualified to do it, but I know the people that I contacted is qualified, you know, if if they will help her. So many of them, you know, kind of shuns away from her. I don't know. Been a long time since I made contact with some of them, but I know some of them. As soon as they hear who it is, they'll say no. But uh, I think there'll be some that that might, you know. But I don't know. Is that right? Me feeling that way? I just feel it's another way for her to use me. I do. You know? I I think that's exactly what she's doing. Yeah. And I think that needs to stop. Because I don't think. If she gets a chance, or even him, if they get a chance that they're going to try to hurt me more, you know, as far as my feelings and stuff, I don't need that, you know. Uh, it's it's time for them to grow up. I mean, for a while, I look back at the way they've done everything and the way they... That's very childish, you know. I don't know. I just, I don't understand it. I just it, there has to be evil somewhere. You don't do that, you know, and tell somebody that you're still in love. You know, I mean that's just that's high school boy stuff. You know, they lie to get what they want. You know, it's just I don't know. I, I it's it's kind of hard for me to understand it, but I know I've got to get a grip on it because I've got to move on, you know, with, you know, every, every time it's getting to where every time I go to bed now or I get up, that comes on my mind and I have to just stop and start meditating or it messes my whole day up, you know, my thinking, my thoughts, my getting anything done. But when I get that off my mind, I get a lot done, you know, and I, I don't know, I, it just seems like 
you know, I have a neighbor next door to me. I've known him for 12 years, and they went through a fight. She lived with another guy for five years, and then he's back now, and now they're having trouble. And she come over last night just boo-hooing. And, you know, every time there's trouble, she wants to come and talk to me because, you know, I don't talk to her like most people in the world. I just try to tell her the truth. And uh, it, I, I need to get away from that, too, because... You know, I. Every time I get, you know, I explain to her, you know, there, you, you can't, you can't fix everything if it's you got to fix it all your way. It's got you got to give it to God. You got to start. You, you guys need to start going to church, or you need to start reading the Bible together, or praying together. Do something. Change. You have to change your way of thinking and your way of living. Or, you know, it's not going to work. And I get so tired, you know, of telling her that. And like I tell her, I can't fix your problem. All I can do is tell you where you can go find the one that can. Am I right or wrong? I mean, it's getting to where it's a nuisance to me, you know. Well, I would Because they don't listen, you know. Yeah. I would definitely agree that where you're directing her toward God, that's that's right on. Um, the one problem, that she probably doesn't know how to do that. Um, you know, how, she probably doesn't understand how to seek God. Um, and to her, probably if it means reading the Bible, she wouldn't know where to start. Probably, mm-hmm. is that my, my right? Well, her her oldest sister, her husband is a is a pastor, and they've tried to they got him to go to church a couple of times, but it only lasts for just a little bit, and then they quit. See, they, I know she's very intelligent. I know that if she wanted to, she could understand the word. She just doesn't. She wants. She likes to be in control of everything, you know. Yeah. And people like that, it's really hard for them to, you know. I don't know. I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to be a bad, I mean, they, they all like me. You know, I've helped them big time, but they need to understand that I'm struggling too, but I know where to find the answers, and that's where they need to start looking. And if there's anything I can do to help direct them there, that's fine. I feel like I'm accomplishing something then. But I've talked to her time and time and time again over the past 12 years, and she just keeps doing the same things over and over and over. And uh, I don't know. I guess guess I'm just not intelligent enough to really help her, you know. It's true. If, If you're right that what she really wants is she wants to control the outcome, then what you mm-hmm. said is right. She, she can't. It's not to be expected. Um, you know, the one that, that should control the outcome would be God, as far as, you know, go to him and find out what he wants next. Mm-hmm. So if she can't accept that, then, yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's a stalemate. You know, the only thing you can do is keep telling her the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> It seems kind of redundant, but on the other hand, um, it's really the truth, and she needs to figure out and finally wake up and realize that that she's, she should try the truth, try try a way that 
that is according to truth. Yeah, you know, that's a good idea. You know, tell her, Laura, all the years I've known you, you've tried it that way. Why don't you try it God's way, you know? Right. Because, you, know, so you know, she calls me. It's not one of those deals where we schedule a call like we're doing and stuff. She'll call me at 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, he just left for work. He's already drinking. He, he's an alcoholic. And he just cussed me out. He talks to me filthy, dirty, all this stuff. You know, I just thought, you know, he, you know, his drinking's getting worse. And I said, you know, because she lived with another man for four or five years. And uh, I said, you know, unless you guys can get to the point to where you can deal with those issues with someone and then have forgiveness in your heart, you're just wasting your time. You're going to go through the same thing over and over and over. Right. And so, you know, hopefully, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I'm getting tired of the call, and she'll call me late. She she works at a place, and she's sort of in charge, and then she has to attend bar once in a while. It's a high-class restaurant. Okay. And uh, she'll come in, gets off at, midnight sometimes or something and if they've had trouble she'll call me even at midnight and want me to come outside and talk to her because I don't want her in my house I don't want you know yeah that's just you know I don't even want to go there she tried that years ago and I told her you know that ain't never going to happen so yeah you know uh, that's good that's it's a good thing to keep it out where there's uh, others that that can see you you know, where she's mm-hmm. not, yeah. she can start doing things that no one sees. You know, yeah. that, that's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, what, another thought I had was, if she's willing, um, I'd be willing to talk with her. I, I think I'd want to have you on the on the call as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, she's, if she feels like she'd want to be interested in giving it a try, um, well, we, the three of us could talk. Mhm. Oh, and the next time she comes and does that, I think I'll try to get her. We'll, I'll tell her I'll set up a time because you can't depend on her. I mean, she'll tell you. Well, she'll call me and say, "Oh, you know, she's never off of her phone." Even when she drives, when she leaves the house, when she comes home, she's on that phone all the time. And, uh, you know, she's a pretty good gossip. She's a pretty strong-willed person. That's part of her problem, you know. But uh, she's a good person in a lot of ways. But uh, I I can try that. Knowing her, she may tell me, yeah, well, I'll do it at the end, and then she won't even show, you know. And she does that all the time. It's because I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is. But she always wants to confide in me. And, uh, you know, there's, but I, I, I can't, I can't. I've tried talking to Eric, to her husband, or the one she's with now. And, you know, and I've told him right to his face, Eric, the alcohol is destroying your life. And, and you're, you're acting like a child. You're, you're feeling sorry for yourself. Everybody's against you. And uh, you're having a pity party. And I'm telling you right now, 
It'll take you down. You've got to face reality. Your drinking is what's causing a lot of your depression and, uh, you know, the way you talk to her and the way you talk to people. You know, he, he, he's, he's, a, he's an ugly drunk, I can put it that way. You know how some people, when they're drinking, they're kind of mellow and, you know, ha-ha. Uh-huh. But he's, he's ornery when he's drinking. And I've had to, you know, let him understand that, you know, not to be doing that kind of stuff around me when he's drinking, you know. And so we get along pretty good, you know. Now, does he understand that, um, or, or well, let's put, there's two ways I can go about this. He, do you understand, or do you sense that he's trying to drown his sorrows? And does he understand that he's the purpose of his drinking is to get around, you know, to avoid trouble? I mean, just kind of bury his sorrows. Yeah, you know, it's... It, it depends on what kind of mood you catch him in. It's hard to really talk to him about it. Like one day he flared up, you know, this has been quite a while ago though, but cause I told him, you know, about his drinking and, and he started trying to get smart. And I said, hold on, Eric. I said, I want to tell you something. I'm telling you this because I like you and I, you know, I want to be your friend, but I'm not going to put up with that kind of stuff towards me when you're drinking you can do you may get away with that with your family and stuff but you're not going to get away with it with me and so we've got along pretty good after that but i've never tried i I know i'm going to have to say something because he comes he every time he comes in from work he's already half lit you know and i just kind of you know if i'm out there or i'm doing anything i just kind of try to tend to my own business and not get in a big conversation with him, but maybe I need to talk to him again. I don't know. Right. Uh, I don't know how I get myself in all this trouble. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's not all that bad to be getting into that kind of what you call trouble because um, we live in we live among neighbors, um, and whenever neighbors, whenever the neighbors have a a need, you know, of course, mm-hmm. sometimes they cry out. They they, mm-hmm. they they're basically saying, "Help me!" You know that that lady. Yeah. She's, mm-hmm. she's kind of saying, "Help me," mm-hmm. and in a sense, she needs help, but in another sense, she doesn't want help. Yeah. Um, if she wants it her way. And not God's way, then she doesn't really want help. But yeah. but she is kind of crying out. She you know she doesn't like what's going on. And then as far as the that fellow goes, the husband, um, I believe he's in a sense crying out also. He's not crying out maybe to you, but just the, I, I sense that just because the fact that he's drinking tells me that. He's really sick and tired of something. Yeah. And, and he'd like to have that, whatever that something is, come to an end so he can live a, a better life. And mm-hmm. so your part in it, God wants you to learn to be a good neighbor, like a good Samaritan, that sees mm-hmm. what is his need and 
think, tries to think, like, what could we do to, to help this to heal? You know, that's where God, where the Spirit of God comes in. You know, you, mm-hmm. you want to ask Him, you know, what would, what could I do, what might I do, to begin to help this toward a healing process? Um, and that's what, that's God's plan for us. You know, in every, every neighborhood we live in, that's God's plan, is to be uh, good Samaritans like that. Yeah, you know, just uh, last week, he caught me out there. He told me he had been drinking, and I could tell he was lit a little bit, and he started talking, so I just listened. And he told me all about his sister. His mom has got Alzheimer's, and they, his sister has took complete control, and I guess Eric, all the years, took care of her and took care of their home where they were raised at. And now his sister took it over and just left him out in the cold and they won't even talk to each other and he hasn't seen his mom since January because he won't go to his sister's house. Right. And uh, and and then he started in on Laura said she won't clean how he said I clean the house and I come back from work and it's all she leaves stuff everywhere. It's just a mess. She hoards everything. The garage is a pool. You can't get in it. One of the bedrooms, you can't get the door open. So I know she's not a housekeeper, but she works two jobs. She works all the time, but she's never been a housekeeper. And, and you know, like I told him, I said, well, there's a lot of people that way, but if you can't sit down and talk about it, that, you know, you need help with that, not just you doing all of that work like I was doing instead of letting them get away with it all the time, you know. Uh, But then I told him, I said, Eric, that is your mother and you've always been there for her, but to not go see your mother because of your sister, that's very childish. That's not right. Your mother, it's not about you. It's about your mother. And, And I said, first off, you know, and that's one of the times I told him, too. I said, if you're going to fix things, one of the first things you're going to have to work on is your drinking. Your drinking is going to destroy your life. Your dad died drinking as an alcoholic. And you think that's the answer to everything. It's not. It'll destroy you. But he's one of them, oh, 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 oh. I'll do as I God will please. If I want to drink, I'll drink. And he wants Laura to drink with him. But she's not a drinker. She won't drink because she says she has to be in control. They have a boy that's 11 years old, I think. I, I knew, knew him when he was born. And uh, she's very protective of him, actually too protective, you know. But uh, I don't know. And the guy that was with her before destroyed their place, the Sprinklers are always going to cost her a couple thousand dollars. I mean, there's so much work to do the place, and Eric's been doing it, but he's he's burnt out. You know, he's tired of fixing, and then they split up again. It looks like that's all she's got him there for, you know, is to help her fix the place up again. And that's, I think that's the way he feels. But like I told him, I said, until you break it all of that out in the open, if you can't talk about it together... You need to get someone that will intervene, you know, talk with you and keep things under control because you'll never settle it if you can't talk about it, you know. Right. So someone just, someone just came in, came on the call from Washington. Okay. 
Who's that one that called in from Washington? Oh, yes. This is uh, me, Fred. Oh, hi, Fred. Oh. Now, I'm trying to get it over Wi-Fi. It's oh. terrible, so we'll see what happens here. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how's your day been? Oh, it's been interesting. Uh, yeah, west side of the state today, uh, trying to get wrapped up and get back home this weekend over there in the uh, Spokane area. Yeah, it's uh, been, uh, yeah, I'm working at some more work. Things are kind of winding down, so I'm kind of in a transition over to the Spokane area and figuring out what's, what's going on and how to go on. So your topic today was uh, looked rather interesting. Yeah, on the, the idea of uh, intentional communities. Right, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're in, uh, we're getting set to uh, sign paper. And that's kind of what I'd like to do, you know, because I'm uh, picking up two lots and wouldn't like to, you know, and, uh, like neighbors and whatever around too, you know. Oh, kind of breaking up a little bit there. Mm-hmm. I might have to see if I can get my truck out of the parking lot and move to another area if it uh, doesn't clear up. Um, yeah, and we have uh, Cleet from Idaho on the call also, just the three of us right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm not getting a very good signal. I'm going to have to go try something different. I'll I'll see if I can, maybe in about five, ten minutes, I'll be able to get back. So I'll talk okay. to you guys later. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay, so um, he he dropped off the call, but what I can't remember what the thing that we were talking about. Oh, with uh, the people, my friends, some of my neighbors, but that's okay. We right. Uh, we'll talk about it some other okay. time. If I can, if I think I can get them to, you know, talk with you, I'll try. So. Yeah, I'd be willing to talk to to either mm-hmm. one of them. Um, yeah. You know, it sounds like. See, I, I'm willing to do that because it's your neighbor, and so you know them, and yeah. um, you know maybe as we talk, you, it can give you some ideas, and then you can talk with them at other times mm-hmm. when they're not on the call. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, that might that might help you out some. Okay, I appreciate that, Doug. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, one of the like a like uh, Fred was saying that the, the topic. Hopefully, if we get a few people on the call here, I'd like to kind of transition into the topic about community. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was just curious. Um, what do you think about the idea of of uh, intentional communities? Have you given it some thought? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that today. Uh, in other words, you know, like we're doing now. I think I, I've learned more talking on this phone with you and Jeff and stuff and Greg than I have learned and I don't know how long by going to a building somewhere. Yeah. It's, yeah, I uh, can tell. 
You know, people need support. They need friends. They need true friends, you know, real people. Right. And uh, this is the only place I've seemed to ever find that or feel like, you know, I, I've been, you know, I'm talking to someone that really cares, you know. Right. And see, um, when in, in thinking about communities, one of the, I've got two ideas. Um, one would be um, like a retreat, basically getting a group of people together, and it's a community just temporarily for like a week, um, mm-hmm. you know, face-to-face, but mm-hmm. in some region, some place, you know, it could even happen over there in Summer Lake, you know. But, oh, yeah, um, that'd be a good place, yeah. Yeah, and just, just camp um, for a week, and mm-hmm. there would need to be, I, I believe, it would be really good to have um, projects that we've planned out ahead of time as far as, yeah, when we get to the the retreat grounds, you know, we're going to be working. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I think, too, of course, there will be opportunities for talking, but yeah. um, I think that one of the key factors of communities, intentional communities, is well, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be working. We're gonna get we're gonna be productive. Um, mm-hmm. And then when we when we finish the work, whether we get done with the project or we just ran out of time, then we'll be able to look at at the what we produced and say, well, that that was a good result, you know. And so um, there's so many directions we could go with that, mm-hmm. but. Uh, that's one one of the things I'd like to develop. You know, as far as that, when, when we interact in these calls, I'd like to to kind of work toward like, well, what would be what would be a good thing to accomplish? Well, for me, <laughs> this may sound crazy, but if I ever make it to Summer Lake, I'm going to take my work clothes and I'm going to jump in and help Greg. <laughs> yeah, that guy has got more to do. I don't care if I need to go cut wood and split wood for him so he's got plenty of firewood this winter or go help him with the sheep or fix a vehicle, do something. That guy just, you know, I lived there at one time, and he's always got, there's always something that needs to be done there. And, you know, as much as he's helped me, I'd just like to return the favor, you know, but I know, uh, I'm limited now compared to what I used to be, you know. But uh, right. I, I'm still—they haven't buried me yet, so I still got a lot of fire left in me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah, and, and that's what I would. If I go to Summer Lake, well, every time I go to Summer Lake, I always do what you just said. You know, hey, Gregory, what what yeah. do you help? <laughs> yeah. So certainly that's one option. Um, yeah. You know, it's so the other thing. You know, that's like a, for a one-week retreat-type situation. Mm-hmm. You know, we could we could be doing some of helping Gregory. We could be doing other projects also. But the other idea is probably what a lot of people are thinking of um, is the idea of you know setting up little whether it's little shacks or or trailers or you know things where it's more permanent, not. Not like necessarily long term, but um, things are set up, so it's not just a short term camp out thing. It's 
while and see what we do, what we can what we can accomplish. Um, yeah. That's another idea that I think is totally viable, but it's just a little more complicated because it means, well, who's on whose land? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think. Are you there, Doug? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, you know, and if you had a place like that, people, you know, there's times people could get together, you know, as often as they wanted to and and uh, just, you know, have have service, you know, pray, you know, just uh, get away from everything for a few days, you know. Right. Well, one thing that really has caught my attention, you know, as far in addition to what you're saying, you know, get together to pray and and various other, there's lots of good things we could do. But one thing that has really caught my attention is um, working toward the goal of um, learning how to interact with nature on a daily basis. Um, You know, that's what the Native Americans did. Yes. They understood what it meant to be a part of nature, actually. And to me, that makes all kinds of sense. So That I would be for 100%. I'd love that. Yeah, that's that's what, to me, would make make sense as far as, you know, a a new community. You know, they're just getting to know Mm -hmm. one another. I think starting out Mm -hmm. on that foot would be really important. So, um, so I've been doing quite a bit of studies in various um, directions regarding uh, building a community. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, you know, one one comment you made was really so good. You know, on the phone with Jeffrey and and you and Electa, um, that's in the initial steps of building a community. And even though it's mm-hmm. over long distance, I mean, we're spread all over the nation. But still, yeah. um, there's dynamics there. Um, dynamic, just just the simple dynamics of how to listen to one another and be and be mm-hmm. gracious in our listening skill. Um, that's a community factor. Another community factor is you know, when we come to a point of, of saying, well, you, you know what? I differ with you. <laughs> you know, that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. I've got a differing opinion. Um, a community needs to know how to go. Needs to know how to get through that one. And mm-hmm. I read something recently that I think was so excellent. It said, um, for a committed community, really committed community, they don't encounter any problems. They they view every situation as a challenge. I thought, wow, that's that's powerful. Mm-hmm. That we we recognize that whenever there's something that's there's a difficulty, then we team up together and, and say, you know, we got to figure out how we're going to get over this one. That that sounds to me like that'd be an awesome world to live in, Doug. <laughs> right. <coughs> if you you know. It's like because I need there's so much I need to learn, you know, it's like when we're on the call, you know, Lecta and Jeff, all of us. 
sometimes I wonder, do I really belong there? Am I doing, you know, am I treating her right? Am I saying things wrong? So I try to be as quiet as I can. But it's awesome when, you know, we talk a little bit and we kind of, we're putting out, you know, our feelings and, and we try to understand each other. That's an awesome feeling. Yeah. It helps me through the week. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And and you, where else can you find that? I mean, that's something to strive for, to work for, to really be a friend. You know what I mean? That you can, you know, talk like that, and even if you disagree. But this, you know, learn to agree to disagree. You know, don't be. Uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, and that's what your comment there is really good because that's the goal is want to learn to be friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what, it, what what I find in the Word of God is that God's people walk together and learn to be a family. You know, but they're all from different families, natural families. But then when they come together, they gather. They they come together to be friends, just like the disciples were friends. Um, and of course, we, we understand too, the Bible even records there were a few cases there where those disciples weren't very good friends of one another. Um, there was jealousy, there was um, there was probably the judgmental attitude looking down, you know, looking down their noses at others that weren't doing what they thought they should be done. But um, what I found was that Jesus was in their, in their midst doing what he could to help them be friends, uh, help them to see, hey, that's not proper. But he didn't say it in a way that was um, harsh. He didn't, he didn't boot them out. And so we're learning how, I believe, part of what we're doing is learning how to do th- do things the Jesus way to be friends. Exactly. See, oh, that's so important. I'm so glad you you're saying that. You know, like me, I hope you understand this, Doug. It's like when we're on that conference call. It's like Electa. I don't know her personally or anything, but I know I'm praying for her, for you, for all of us, and I expect her. If I say something wrong or if I'm looking at something the wrong way, I expect her to tell me. I want her to tell me. Right. How am I going to learn? How am I going to change if I can't get that input? You know, that's what I'm after. I want to know what, you know, and I know it's hard for a lot of people to understand that or they won't go there, you know, but that's what, if I wasn't searching for that, I wouldn't waste my time going on the call. You know. Yeah. Uh, right. So yeah, and of course, um, our interactions when we began working with Electa, I mean, she's changed. She's she's a bit of a different person than when uh, we uh, when we first met her. Um, so there's good things there, you know, recognizing that she's coming to realize how to um, how to hold back a little bit and not be quite so forceful. And that's all the process of learning. So that's yeah. Fred back again. Yes, it is. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were talking a little bit about community, and um, let's see. Mm-hmm. Trying to think where would be a good place to start. Um, well, one of the things, you know, in this in this idea of community building, um, of course, we understand. We all hope for that the center of the whole community would be the God the Father. Um right. doing doing his will. Um and so it's a very important um you know, typically I don't like the idea of even though I'm not I'm not totally the kind of person that says, you know, there's no rules <laughs> but I think one one thing that's uh, a very strong guideline um, maybe you don't. We don't have to have rules and say and break. And you say you break the rules, hey, we're gonna kick you out. But a guideline that needs to be well understood is that the father's at the center of everything. Put him there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that um, with that in mind, then one thing I know is that um, communities. Are, there's a process. Um, in other words, we go from a situation of um, people who don't know one another very well to a situation where people work together very well. Um, you know, they they don't have any reason to um, fight because they understand that uh, things are going well. There's no reason to, to upset. But that process from one to the other is quite a long process. It's quite, it takes a lot of work. But I wonder if any of you have any thoughts regarding um, what are some ways to help that process happen? Well, for me, I see that, you know, uh, you're right about, uh, you know, God the Father being uh, the center. And the thing is, is when we start making rules, we start making boxes, and then we make it harder to be uh, be able to see the uniqueness of individuals and different people. And uh, the key to it is we've got to be able to uh, have grace for one another because everybody is different. You know, created differently and all that. And each brings a different, unique uh, gift and ability, you know. And uh, so if we can recognize that, and uh, then the next thing is, is when we're in a relationship, we recognize that when somebody lights us up and we want to argue with them, the first question we got to ask, what is it in me that, that that irritates, you know? So what do I need to look at instead of clobbering somebody else, you know? Right. You know. In other words, you're kind of saying that it's good to look inwardly and say, where is my part that, that where I'm at fault? Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Going, okay, you know, is there something in my past that has caused me to react to this situation the way that I am? And maybe I need to go back and look at it and, and uh, take a different path with it. You know, there's a judgment or there's whatever, you know. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, that's so. 
being able to to look at that and being able to uh, you know accept people for where they're at you know and what what God's doing in their life or whatever you know and if somebody is you know lighting up is you know figuring out okay how can we come alongside rather than you know trying to hammer them in to fit into a mold you think they belong you know and that goes with our kids it goes with the other people you know all that you know right Mm-hmm. Right, and so, and that's that kind of goes along with something I said to Cleet just a little bit ago was, um, in a in a community environment, you know, a, a building community, um, there's if everyone does their best to take the attitude that we don't experience any problems, um, but we experience challenges, you know, so every right. situation that comes up. We aren't. We don't have to uh, view it as being. Oh, now that's a problem. You know, that because usually when we say when we declare it's a problem, we're, we're asking uh, someone else to change, and right. we don't want to budge. But when we see it as a challenge, then we we can look at it as a as a teamwork effort. You know, okay, how can we? Get over this little bump, you know, or hill, or maybe it's a maybe it's a big mountain that we need to mm-hmm. get over the top of. But it's a challenge to build to, to climb up onto a mountain. It's not a problem. I mean, the the problem aspect would be when someone says, "Oh, there's a mountain in my way. I can't go from here to there because there's a mountain in my way." But that's mm-hmm. the wrong way to look at it. So yeah, and and forgiveness is going to be a big part of that. You know, the challenge of being willing to forgive, but also right. what you said is good. Uh, being, being able to recognize that other people have that they have their experiences, and um, we have we have the the duty to. Um, Pay attention to where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that with our own experience, you know, on looking forward to buying this property and all that, there was something that come up and it caused me to, you know, rock back on my heels and go, okay, am I ready for the challenges? Am I ready for the dog in the fight on some of the issues, you know, the covenants and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, uh, so I told the guys buying them from, I got to rethink this, you know. And then my wife and I, when we were driving back over to Spokane from Seattle area, you know, we were talking about it. And I said, you know, because we were talking about, are we growing? Are we, you know, before that, you know, we had a pretty good challenge, you know, on that because uh, she was, uh, having a hard time, you know, stretching herself, you know. And uh, so anyway, we finally got laid that to rest. And then I was uh, talking to her about the property. And I said, well, you know, it's like the Israelites, you know, it took them 40 years to cross the wilderness when it could have taken them a couple of weeks. But it was because of things within them that they had to die off, you know. Yep. 
And that really spoke to her. He goes, oh, I want to. I don't want to be out in the wilderness. Been there long enough, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, it really kind of hit me, you know, in the understanding that, you know, even going through the wilderness, there's things in us that have got to change. You know, we're used to being under bondage. We were used to whatever. And it's like, okay, how do we come out and come to the promised land, you know? Yeah. And to be in relationship. And also, when you're taking that land, there is going to be some skirmishes. There's going to be some battles that you've got to look at and things to overcome, you know. And so being willing to, to do that, you know, the way God wants it overcome instead of, you know, just being in the flesh, whatever, you know. Yep. So. Looks like uh, what, maybe Jill came on too, is that right? Yeah, okay. I'm here. Okay. Hi, Joe. How's so, it going? Oh, what was that? Hi, uh, Joe. Oh, you're the one down in uh, southern Idaho? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm Fred, so I've seen some, a lot of your postings and whatever, so good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's good to hear yours, too. Yeah, so we also have uh, Cleet on the call. He's from Idaho also. So. Hi, Jim. Whereabouts? Uh, Napa. Yeah, oh, okay. Napa. You're in okay. Napa, Jill? Yeah. Oh, good. Where are you at? I'm just south of the airport. Over in here Napa. in Park Ridge. Yeah, in Napa. Okay. What was I'm your name? Cletus, C-L-E-T-I-S, Nathan, nice to meet you you too. All right, so, um, yeah, then, so Fred, you're in um, eastern Washington, is that right? Yeah, I'm north of uh, Spokane is where I moved to. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, there's uh, quite a few, uh, you know, fellow believers that are looking to kind of network together and all that kind of stuff up there. And so, uh, you know, I'm making some inroads. And uh, so, um, yeah, I've been talking to them a little bit. My work keeps me from, uh, you know, talking to them as much as I would like to. But uh, they all kind of have the same heart and uh, desire is to, uh, you know, being able to network, community, all that kind of stuff, you know. Right. So. Are you saying that there's there's been a few meetings then, like Bible study type thing or something like that? No, actually, um, there is a, a group of, there's a huge group of uh, Christians that feel that God has brought them up to that area thinking that things are going to turn south and that they were to prepare and be ready for uh, refugees. Oh, okay. You know, and there is a a Christian community that basically is off-grid up north of uh, Colville. I've met a couple of people, and I want to, you know, go talk to them a little more and whatnot, you know. Okay, yeah. And so... Right, and uh, I've also had the privilege of speaking to the uh, um, 
uh, Christian Businessmen Association in Colville a few months back. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, and so, yeah, I got to meet a bunch of the people that are, you know, kind of loosely like-minded, you know, and uh, knowing that we got to pull together, pray together, and all that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so there's there's several different groups that are kind of going in the same way, some of it loosely, some more political, some not so political, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know. But uh, there's a, uh, oh, what the heck, the Stevens County Assembly that uh, is looking at, uh, you know, how we can uh, network and uh, uh, pull together, you know, as a community and uh, and not be a part of what's going on around in the world today and, you know, not giving up territory, you might say. Right. You know, so. One thing that I'm but, it takes quite a while, you know, networking is excellent, that's what we want to do, but it takes quite a while to build trust, you know. Right. Uh, networking is little by little, and we hope that it can go toward some kind of effective community and, and actually maybe several communities interacting like a like states would interact, you know. But um, that doesn't always work out because there's always the obstacles, you know, the various disagreements and things. Mm-hmm. Right. Our flesh gets in the way a lot of times, and a lot of times we don't bother to look at where it's really coming from. we rather play the part of a victim instead of, you know, laying it down going, okay, here's an opportunity to overcome something rather than being a victim and being in the middle of a rather heated whatever, you know. Right. And, you know, and that's what I've felt they come to understand is that, God, you know, when we fall short and we don't measure up, do whatever, you know, we tend to beat ourselves up. And God's going, now, you know what, here's an opportunity that I can show you who I am and who you are. And, you know, let's grow. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I think a key factor is um, being able to allow the Holy Spirit to lead. If everybody is in it for the Holy Spirit rather than themselves, then I think there's a room for us to, you know, move that direction. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's definitely very important. And that's why, uh, you know, we will meet various ones in our networking. And sometimes you can sense it that they don't really care about the Holy Spirit's leading. Um, and my what I'm learning is that even though I don't want to cut off ties with them, neither do I want to draw them into the kind of community that I want to build. Mm-hmm. Or the kind of community that Father wants us to be a part of. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyone have any? Well, w- let me let me put something out, and then I'd like to hear some comments. Um, I see two um, ways, two two kind of like results of community, uh, intentional community. One would be what most people envision, which is 
um, well, yeah, people gather to on uh, land, you know, or maybe nearby in you know a community that they're just a few miles apart. But they they can come and work together side by side, and they dwell there. And that's mostly what people are thinking of. But I see another that that one's a really hard one to to get going. Now it's impossible, but um, I see another possibility, which is more like a, a retreat type situation. In other words, find a piece of property where a group of people can get together for a week or ten days or something, and um, have goals in mind that are community type goals, um, and so then. It doesn't take all this labor of building homes and yurts and tents and setting up trailers and all that. It's, I mean, put up simple tents, of course. But the focus then is actually on a more of a short-term community, um, which a lot can happen during that. And it's probably a lot easier to um, set up that kind of a situation, a, a, a retreat type thing. Anyway, so that was one one of my thoughts. Anyone have any um, comments or questions or whatever regarding that? No, I I uh, hear what you're saying there. I've met a guy that is uh, south of us. He's over in Idaho, and that's kind of what he wants to do. He's got a piece of property, and he wants to. Um, have a place where people could come and praise and worship, and he also is a bricklayer, and so he wants to build a huge kiln and all that, so people can want to come and do a little uh, arts, you know, in the uh, uh, ceramics and that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, you know, kind of open his place up for to a couple of different things, you know, right. and. Uh, so it was kind of fascinating, and I've been needing to get over and talk to him, see where he's at. Actually, he wants me to build a little uh, ridge crane for some of that type of work, you know. So, and I want to work with him on that, you know. So, no, it's a yeah, the retreat thing, you know. I when I uh, used to do a men's ministry and I do a men's retreat every once in a while, and that and it's, it's good for people to get away and they could get refreshed and all that, you know. Right. So. <clears throat> Did you say Man. that guy here in uh, uh, Southern Idaho? Red? No, no, he's uh, actually just north of uh, I-90. He's south of me, but he's uh, uh, east of Spokane, you know. Oh, okay. Right, Mm -hmm. you know, so. And, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I've got a brother down there in the Ontario or Oregon area, so I do need to get down and visit him, so. Out. Very familiar territory there where you're at. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I have a. Well, my thoughts are um, kind of what we talked about prior, Doug, is just having a core community. You know, if there's people who want to live that community style who are willing to take in 
and mentor and disciple, um, you know, either new believers or uh, ones who are, you know, been battled and beaten up by the world, you know, where they can go into maybe a clinic part of community where they have this, you know, detoxing from the world and everything else, get better, and then they can go and be fed and taken care of and loved on and brought into a place, you know, where they are either able to go back into the world and, you know, bring others out or, um, you know, just be refreshed and energized and join part of the community. I don't know, that sounds cultish or whatever, but, um, you know, just in a sense, you know, um, Fred mentioned a refuge, and I just kind of envision that, you know, society as it is right now is coming to a point where um, we need to work together and share and um, be willing to um, help those around us and, you know, just being prepared to do that, whether it be, um, say, a retreat kind of a community or an, an actual permanent living space that, you know, kind of sustains the outreaches that go out and do other things for the communities, Um, maybe send out missions or whatever. I don't know exactly how it works, but I know other people have a piece to that puzzle. And I know we all have, you know, our little network or um, area of influence in our own communities but having a core group who is willing to step up and say, you know, I'm willing, I'm already established, I can take on this many people, you know, we we can set them up and, you know, bring them into a place where they'll be healthy and well and be able to go out and do what they've been called to do. Like, we need to be able to come together in our network, come together as Christian believers, be willing to share with those who maybe need more of the resources in order to be enabled to fulfill the call that God has placed on their life in a larger sense where we're all being part of the hands and the feet and the arms and the legs and, you know, um, the heart, just different pieces of that body. I think, you know, coming together in that functioning body is what I think the bottom line comes down to. Is that what you're? I mean, is that what you're under? Is that what you're coming to? To I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, actually, um, definitely, I have a heart for that. What you described there, um, and that's that's a long-term effort. Um, but and so the retreat idea is a short-term thing, and, and what you're describing is a long-term thing. And I like them both. Okay. And so, you know, it's it's. I'm kind of bringing them out both in this call because um, I guess I'm really kind of trying to sense what what are what's where are the interests who is who's interested in which one or which. I assume we can only do one at a time. So. <laughs> well, what's what's fascinating is that see I'm in a transition time 
And, uh, you know, my work, I know, is changing. God's calling me to do something different. And my heart has been, you know, uh, to uh, see, you know, three different things are being done is to become healthy physically, mentally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, a lot of times in the mental, you know, and you know, until you have all three of them, you're never going to be, you know, really healed, you know, and you, and the, each one interacts with the other so much, you know. So if we got physical ailments, uh, you got to look at the other two and go on. What what is there in those areas that's stopping your physical from being healthy, you know? And uh, you know, vice versa, you know. And uh, so in the property that I've got, it's pretty much, uh, you know, the only thing really on there is a shop and an old trailer, you know. But what I envision is to, you know, set up a greenhouse, be able to, you know, grow a lot of our own uh, food and all that kind of stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, and it can be a place where, you know, uh, counseling, whatever you want to say, you know. To you look back in your past and see where you know uh, why you do the things you do, you know, and uh, and then also see what God has to say about that, you know. Cause he's got a lot to say about all those other areas, you know. And so that's really my heart. And so when you were talking about that, it's like, oh man, I got to <laughs> get in on it and see what you know you have to say about it, you know, because. You know, I'm just trying to put a picture together to see what's, uh, you know, uh, we're really going, you know. But a lot of times our steps aren't li- uh, illuminated until we make a step, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, there's three things that I would like to uh, bring out here. These are guiding principles. And I think you'll recognize them as being solid and very wholesome. These three things, I believe, uh, belong in in every community. And, of course, uh, these would be things that could be focused on whether it's a retreat or whether it's a refuge, you know, an ongoing permanent type Mm -hmm. situation. So these three things. One is care for the earth. We find that as being our duty in Genesis. You know, we were put here for that purpose. So, um, in other words, a community comes together and always we're looking to the Father, asking Him, okay, what's our duty for caring for the earth? What do you want us to do, Father? Because we're here. You put us here for this purpose. Second thing is care for the people. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, we're talking about when people come in and they're trying to sort things out in their mind and, and you know, get not only physical healing they need, but they also need mental healing and spiritual healing. And so the, the whole community is constantly seeking the, the will of the Father. Like, Father, what should we, what do you want us to do to care for these people? These are your lambs. These are your sheep. Um, and the third, by the way, those two things together, I believe, will end up bringing forth production. There's going to be results. People are going to get busy with um, working. 
uh, they're going to understand that it's not okay to to be slothful, but you know, instead be diligent. And so, those two aspects will produce uh, an abundance of wealth, and, and it can be physical, mental, and spiritual wealth. But now, the third item, returning the surplus. In other words, there's going to be so much. If we're if we're diligent with those first two things, there will be so much supply of of what God has provided, graced us with, as we're obeying Him. That now we're looking for ways to <clears throat> uh, to give back. You know, He's given to us as we've been diligent. He's given to us, and then we are now uh, in the mode of giving back giving back to the earth, giving back to the people. Um, so anyway, those it seems to me those three things are going to be very important uh, general things. We just we flesh it out. You know, we see those and we understand that there's so many ways to um, apply those things. And as we do that, a strong community comes comes into being. What was that first one, Doug? Care for the earth. Okay. Sorry. And that's similar to what the Native Americans did. You know, they were, they were, as they interacted in nature, they were part of nature, and they didn't dare offend the ways of nature. In other words, they didn't go contrary to nature because they understood that they would pay the consequence as far as you know, things would get out of balance or, you know, whatever. There's, there's many things that happen, various things that happen when we when we get out of sync with nature. And so caring for the mm. earth is kind of another way of saying um, learn to be in tune with nature. Mm. Now, one of the ways to do that is, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the uh, Back to Eden videos, but uh, you know how he was observant of what nature was and started using that and it made his work a lot less that's right you know yeah that's the idea not just in gardening uh, but also interacting with animals and also um, interacting in our own body you know that we have there is there are natural processes um you know, God made our body in a certain way, and so as we understand it, um, and you know, that's in a sense that's not the earth, but in another sense, it's related because those all those animals, they're part of the earth. Well, we're we're just another creature. We all we're a special creation, you know, spirit, soul, and body. But still, we operate very similar as to the animals do. And so as we understand, we we ought not to go against nature. And there are natural processes right here in our body to cooperate. And that's part of um, alternative medicine and, you know, God's way of healing and that kind of thing. Well, I understand what you're saying there because, uh, you know, my sister got into animals, goats, and all that kind of stuff. 
and she, you know, because she went down, picked up my dad out of Texas and brought him up, and, you know, and there was some real issues, and she got to realizing that, you know, if you mineralized them and everything else properly and uh, raw apple cider vinegar and some other things, they were a lot healthier. And then when they give uh, childbirth, you know, when they were uh, birthing their young and that, things went a lot easier. And then uh, she was also teaching this to her daughters, her oldest daughter. The first one uh, for her first child was uh, cesarean. But then she started learning these techniques, and she's had two more since then, uh, natural, and had no problems. Mm-hmm. You know. And, uh, you know, especially the last one were just super easy, you know. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it's by being healthy, you you have the minerals. You have the, you know, do do things that God provided, you know, in the right balance. And, and it's amazing how well things work. You know, and your animals will be healthier, we'll be healthier, and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yep. And, uh, see, and that was something that my dad, back in uh, the late 50s, he would, went to vet school to be a breeder, and he came back just so disgusted. He says, you wouldn't believe the, the stuff we get out of the grocery store, it isn't fit to eat. He says, the meats and that, the animals are so full of uh, hormones and antibiotics that it can't be healthy for you. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. and look at that was in the fifties. What do you think it is today? Yep. You know. yeah, mine was a meat a meat processing plant inspector. Uh mm-hmm. he went to this they were doing fish. He went into this uh processing plant and uh they were obviously putting preservatives onto the meat or in the meat or whatever because uh this one day he uh, and this happened back in the 60s, I think. Um, he saw a fish under the conveyor belt, and he just he, he thought, I think I'll just kind of see. I just I'm curious what what's going to happen, you know, see what if these guys are diligent, you know, if they clean that up, <laughs> you know. So he, I think he said he came back a week later, or so, and that fish was still there and it was not stinking. Hmm. When he when he saw that he realized oh boy something's going on that's not natural <laughs> you know that should right. be a stinky rotten fish by now but they preserved it mm-hmm. and we put that stuff in our bodies so yeah that's that's an issue right well Doug when I was hauling livestock and swinging beef for a meat company a slaughterhouse. They used to send me after loads, like I'd come up here to Idaho, and they'd be, they'd be sick cattle, and they'd tell me, hammer down, get them back here as fast as you can before their fever gets so bad that we can't uh, go ahead and butcher them. Yeah. And they knew they were sick, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard for me to even think about eating meat unless it's somebody that's raised it that I know. You know, I've around so much of it. Right. Well, and there's so many things that, you know, can turn things around that are natural. It's, you know, getting that word out and getting people to believe it is kind of a challenge, you know. You know, we raised four uh, dairy bowls, you know, to be uh, for meat, you know. And when we first got the first ones, the calves kept dying until we found out that, uh, you know, they're in the dairy farm, they have the cryptosporidium, a real problem. 
and how we overcome it. And so we didn't want to pay for a vet and all that kind of stuff and all the antibiotics. And we found out grapefruit seed extract took right. care of it, mm-hmm. cleared it right up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cheap and it works, you know. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so, yeah, and, uh, yeah, those, those beef are, you know, maybe a little tougher, but I'll tell you what, it's got a good flavor. It's a grass fed, you know, and I love it, you know, so. Yeah, second one, caring for the people, I believe it's going to include, um, not only social interactions, in other words, uh, focusing on the interactions that are healthy, where we build relationships that are healthy. Um, that's going to be key because then we can work together. You know, we, if we don't care about one another, we don't have a, a healthy relationships, then there's going to be troubles as we try to get together as teams and produce things that are useful. Um, mm-hmm. So, But also there's going to be another aspect, which is, Caring for people is going to be um, spending time in such a way that uh, education happens. Um, because we all have stuff to offer. You know, we've, we've learned things, our own experiences. We can share them if we're using a, a good method, a caring method. But right. we won't share them if people want to run from us. You know, because they don't trust what we're going to do or say or whatever. So that that middle, that second one is, I think, going to be also very important. Um, we can take care of the earth, but if we don't take care of the people alongside it, then we're just going to be alone <laughs> taking care of the earth. Right, and one of the things that I have found that helps to be able to, you know, for people to really listen to you. Is, are we first good listeners? Yeah. Are we really hearing what they're really saying? Not the surface thing, but do we are we willing to invest in them to find out what really is going on? Right. What's the deeper issue? You know, because a lot of times, I mean, in most of the churches now, you go in and, well, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, and that's as far as you go. Instead mm-hmm. of, are you really? <laughs> you know. No, I got five minutes. I got ten minutes. Whatever you, you you know, let me know what's really going on. You know, or whatever. You know, right. you know. And our society, you know, when you do that, people are are taken back. They don't know what to do at first. Yep. And one thing I was talking about was kind of having a two-step um, community type situation. In other words, there are. There are bound to be some people who kind of think the idea is good to come together as a community, but they don't yet really understand very much about doing the Father's will. And so it would be almost like in the sense of like being outside the camp. Uh, you know, the people of Israel wandering around in the wilderness, and there was, a, there was an outer area, and then there was the inner area, the inner court. So the inner court would be more like those that are very in tune with the Father's will, very focused on it and not willing that others distract them, willing to love others, of course, going out, going outside the court to discuss <clears throat> with others <clears throat> more about the Father's will 
<clears throat> but there needs to be that core group. I think that was what she was talking about there when she said the core. Mm-hmm. Well, and I agree with you, you know, because, see, that's one of the things that I really miss is that I I am having a hard time putting together, getting people that I can really get down to the nitty-gritty and, you know, get deep on some of the issues, you know, and some of the things, you know. Right. You know, uh, one of the most healing times for me was uh, I went up to Alaska. I thought I was going up there to make some good money at Dutch Harbor. And the first month, uh, it was pretty lonely. We were working seven days a week and whatever. But uh, then God put me together with this other guy that was an electrician, and he was an evangelist at heart. And he had a tape ministry, and he was always, you know, you start talking to him about God, pretty soon he gives you a tape a tape player and, a, you know, a bunch of sermons and all that kind of stuff. Well, we ended up being roommates. And uh, when we'd get done with the end of the day, we'd be there, and uh, he had guys coming through the deal for two, three, four hours straight. And we were just fellowshipping. And, you know, and then when I come back to Washington, it's like, man, I wanted to go back because I missed that. Right. You know. You got a comment, Cletus? Well, I know one thing. A lot of this you're talking about, you're talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I have a lot to learn. You know, I've been kind of away from God's world for a long time and I'm pretty new at this and there's a lot of things I still have to learn, you know. And people that care is one way that I will be able to renew my mind, you know. Right. Yeah, that's what we're all about is to, to be here and care. Go ahead and go. I think you brought up a good point, Clevis. Um, What I was going to add to that is part of being caring is being compassionate and empathetic and seeing where people are at and not pushing or prodding beyond what Father wants us to do because man will mess it up, what God is doing in somebody else's heart. Um, If we decide that we have an agenda and we, we need this or this or this to take place, but Father hasn't been a part of that one, you know. So if we are pushing somebody beyond what God is working on in their hearts at his pace, you know, because mm-hmm. God is patient, he's kind and gentle. And if we are not patient, kind, and gentle, we can push some really amazing warriors and battle, you know, battle warriors away from God. Mm-hmm. So being compassionate and able to just, you know, be really careful and are dealing with people at where they're at, you know? Right. Yeah, but you know, because a lot of people are, you know, they're trying to make a change and they're still trying to figure out where they are really at, you know? It's, uh, I don't know. Well, I just never... I don't, a lot of people are, and they're self-condemning. And they don't yeah. need somebody to come along and condemn too, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, see, I I grew up with a religious spirit, so I was a prodigal for many years, and and I didn't want to have anything to do with that. But you know what? God told me after He got a hold of me and brought me back. 
If I let you go through that, being a prodigal, not only do you deal with sin in your life, but the generational curse over you. It's like, wow, he used my rebellion to heal me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow, you know, what a loving God. Not not what I have heard, you know, that, oh, you're going to be condemned to death because you, uh, you know, drank and did drugs and did whatever, you know. Like, no, God was saying, you know what, I can show you some things in those, you know, and, you know, learn a lot about yourself. And, you know, and it becomes an opportunity. Yeah, you know, it's if I had started talking to Doug and Jeff and Greg and stuff, I'd struggled for years trying to forgive myself for some of my past life, you know. It's not about drugs and all of that. It's just the place I was and things I had to do and things I seen, you know. I couldn't figure out why I was here and, you know, what's the purpose of my life. And finally... You know, it's not that long ago. He's, you know, God showed me said, if you have to, if I'm going to forgive you, you have to let me forgive you. See, I mm-hmm. was, I wouldn't let him forgive. Mm-hmm. It breaks tears in my eyes when I think about it. You know how how many years he stayed there waiting for me. Right. Yeah. Hard. Awesome. It, it's uh. He is a patient God, and and what He wants us to do is learn to be patient like Him. Yep. And that's amazing because He is patient and He's loving and He is willing to do whatever it takes to get the one to come to Him. Mm-hmm. Thanks, David. Yeah, uh, you know, Fred was talking a little bit ago about when he go to church, how it went, you know, people say, how's it going? It's just fine, you know. Well, I tried that for quite a while, and I I was really getting more depressed and and giving up more until I think the Lord had a hand in this. One day I called Greg. I used to live by him years ago and I knew how he lived his life. And from that point on, I've been renewing my mind, and things have been changing for me. So I know that I'm on the right track here talking with you people. One of the most important steps for those that are down and out is to um, recognize that there's others around them that actually want to help. Um, and and I've seen this happen in amazing ways. I mean, there was one I was a, when I was young, uh, in my twenties. I used to plant trees, and I planted trees with a guy named that we called him Booger Bob. He was <laughs> he was just a <laughs> all the booger. He was cussing and cursing and complaining and you know, dirty stories and uh, dirty jokes and just a booger. <laughs> um, and what I thought was so amazing was through the process, I, I refused to preach at him. I mean, there was, there was a lot of things I could have said, but I just felt like God was saying, do not 
put on your your goody two shoes and and blurt out a bunch of scripture verses and say a bunch of you know the four spiritual law stuff and all that. So I didn't. Um, I was I tried to be kind to him. You know he was a booger, but I tried to be to be um, as as good to him as I could, patient. Anyway, so it was months. I I, I worked with him for months. Um, and one day, I was just, I, I was amazed, because he, one day he came to me, we were sitting down for break, and he said, Doug, I, I need to talk to you, I almost killed a guy last night at the bar room, and I don't know what to do. And I was shocked. I was like, wow. So, immediately I began to ask the question in my mind, why did he come to me? Um, but I, I sensed I could, I could see the one thing he was feeling was that, um, I wanted to be, I wanted to help, you know, he could sense it, even though I never said anything like, I want to help, but see what he had to do was he had to stop the, all this booger stuff long enough to, to recognize that he needed help. And when he finally came to that point, then he was, things started to turn around. I didn't, I didn't get to see, you know, a whole lot of the progression in his life as far as how he turned around. But, but just the fact that he was coming to me, and then ever since that time, he did change. There was, he was no longer such a booger. He recognized how much I cared about him. Um, anyway, so it's. It's all it, for all of us. It's going to take that experience as far as we need to recognize that we need help before we can actually make progress, and you know, before God can get a hold of us. Yeah, it's like me, you know. It sounds like you guys know a lot about, you know, health and stuff. And, you know, like the struggles I'm going through right now, Doug, I need help with it. Yeah. But, you know, where do you find that help? You know, real people that really care. You know, I'm alone here. And it's, you know, I've been a hard worker, you know, a workaholic all my life and, and go, 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 go. And then all this stuff happens to me. And, uh, you know, always before you worked if you're sick or whatever, you know, I was, I still had enough health to where I could do that. But now I need to regroup and start taking care of me a little bit more. And so I, I need to learn, you know, through God's word and, you know, people like you, how I should eat and all of that stuff, you know, because like the doctors say, if I don't start taking care of me, I won't be here, you know. But if I will, I have a good chance to live in, you know, like my grandfather's to 90 years old. But uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, yep, as for me, I, I want to help you out that way. No. That's a good point, Clevis. I think they they direct us and say you need to eat better, but it's like 
the food that we are partaking in a lot of the times from the grocery stores or the ones we have access to, they're tainted, they're contaminated. Who knows what they go through, the GMO and all that other Mm -hmm. stuff. And nobody really educates us on that. That's kind of our responsibility. God shows us through his words. And, you know, through the community, I have a garden. I'm happy to share with you, Clevis, and I'm happy to come meet with you or do whatever I can for you or with you, alongside you. I won't do it for you, but (laughs) Uh just to to come beside, you know, in the ways that is necessary. I've been going through health issues as well. But one thing I have been doing is, you know, gardening back to the, you know, basics of you know, the earth and the fresh and the whole foods and the non-chemicals and non-GMOs. And that's like the biggest key is eliminating and detoxing our bodies from a lot of that stuff that we thought was just normal food. But we're in a famine of good, healthy food. We don't recognize it, but we are. Here in America, you know. You sound like a prayer answered, Jill. <laughs> I just guess what I I have so much so much has happened here lately, and I was pretty bad shape. They thought I wasn't going to make it for a while, but uh, I've already started. I've got two tomato plants and two. Uh, uh, well, so I've got some green beans, and the green beans are already producing. I don't know how to cook them, so I just eat them raw. Yeah, <laughs> but, best uh, way. <laughs> and I'm on a, you know, this doctor that I'm going to that got me back up on my feet. She's a Christian lady. She's a doctor for the U.S. wrestling team. She's a mm-hmm. chiropractor, but her mother died from doctors, you know, had her on like 28 different pills and stuff. She watched her die that way. And uh, when she was in college, she was pressing 450 pounds. She only weighed like 130 pounds. And as healthy as she was, she got Crohn's disease. She was sick. And she studied and learned all that. She's on the radio. You can listen to her here, Jill, every on 94.1 at 1030. Dr. Rosie, and uh, she's the one that's helping me with what she's got me drinking. Uh, you know, I'm using kale and parsley and turmeric root and stuff, and I drink it, and boy, it's giving me a headache and everything, but I guess it's clearing toxins out of me. Yeah. And I'm supposed to maybe go to one of her classes next Tuesday to try to help me learn how to eat better. Sounds like you know a lot about that too. So I'd like to talk to you about that sometime if you find you have time for that. Yeah, I can bring I can bring you some of my plants that I've got growing in my greenhouse if you want to put them in the ground and see what your luck is on them. I'm a little overwhelmed, yeah. so I wouldn't mind sharing. <laughs> okay, that sounds yeah. good to me. One of my firm beliefs is that uh, the first the building block is we got to make sure we got a good variety of minerals, and then the vitamins and all that. You know, then we can absorb and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But I've seen so many times where the doctors prescribe something, and we turn around and do some natural stuff, and it works so much more effective. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I had a granddaughter that. Uh, um, 
her mom took her to the doctor and they put her on an antidepressant. Well, within a few weeks, she overdosed on the, the stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. talked to the doctor. I said, don't some of the teenagers cause them to do the opposite? No, you come off with this big old whatever, you know. So mom took them off and I had a, some colloidal minerals. And so here, try this. And she took that within a day, she was back to normal. Didn't, didn't need, you know, she was more optimistic and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it was just like, wow, you know, the girl we used to know, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's, and there's another book the doctor had, uh, that he'd written and it's, uh, uh, oh, what the heck was it? It just slipped my mind, but he, he talks about, uh, let your food be your diet, uh, medicine. And he said, the stuff we crave, a lot of times we're toxic to it. We build, even if it's good, healthy stuff, because we eat too much of it, we don't get enough variety. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's there's a lot to to learn, a lot to, you know, but, uh, we, you know, there's, go ahead. We know, you know, Fred, that's what's wrong with me. See, all of my life, I've just run and gun and ate whatever I had a chance to eat and go two, three, four days without sleeping and, you know, uh, and I never really learned how to, you know, I was always so busy to learn how to sit down and really eat good food. And uh, I know that's what's wrong with me now. If I can get back on track, you know, and start eating right, I know they'll, because I've already, I'm on turmeric now. And I, you know, from my rodeo days and race cars and, you know, and other stuff, I've had so many injuries. I've, my back's broke, my hips fused, my neck's fused, I broke my neck, my jaws, fractured my head. I mean, every bone in my body has been messed up. But I started getting arthritis and stuff so bad that I'd almost ha- I'd have to crawl to get in the bathtub and hot water to get to where I could walk. She put me on this turmeric. You know, they had had me on Vioxx. I ended up in the hospital. I was bleeding internally, and they just kept giving me more medication, more dope, you know, mm-hmm. until finally one day I said, this is enough. I'd just soon not be here. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I tried her. Within a month or two, I was doing, you know, because I, I used to be real athletic, I was doing workout again. Max T3, all this stuff. I mean, everything was coming together again, and then some stuff went wrong in my life, and I guess I had a pity party, and I crashed again. Well, she's trying to help me get get back on my... But, you know, it's just like that. I quit all of the medication, and I couldn't walk. As soon as she put me on her natural stuff, I started getting better. Mm-hmm. So I know that's the answer to my problem is I've got to learn a lot about that. You know? Well, there's there's that aspect is the healthy food, but also get the mind healthy too. You know, the, the we look at yeah. things properly. You know, because when when I had the breakdown back in '90, God got a hold of me. Mm-hmm. I had uh, a bulging couple of bulging discs, uh, the tooth pulled, I left a hole in my sinuses, I had to do all kinds of stress, and one day I was at work, and, you know, being a mechanic, I was changing a plug-in on an uh, extension cord, 
pretty soon I'm looking at this screwdriver and I couldn't figure out what I was doing. Just had a breakdown. Mm-hmm. So I went to my boss and I says, I need some help here. You know, I'm stressing, I'm working at surgery on my back, I'm working at this and all that, and I need counseling. <laughs> mm-hmm. to, you know, why do I put myself in a situation that I do? You know, and so I went at it from several different angles and never had the surgery. She found a chiropractor that adjusted my neck and took care of the, the back, you know, and I, and, you know, it was by willing to look at all areas, I think really brought me through it without having to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, well, you know, that's why I think it's so important what Doug's talking about, these groups. I mean, look at the amount of people that could be helped get on the right track, just like me. I'm a good example. If I wasn't listening to this and, and, you know, renewing my mind, I would probably be in a rest home somewhere eventually, you know. Right. It's awesome, I think. Right. Well, you can see my wife has been one that she grew up believing doctors had all the answers. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and we have had a huge struggle because she ended up with fibromyalgia and all that kind of stuff. And they put her on a couple of different antidepressants and had her on oxycotton and all that, to where she'd be just standing there, and just fall over, you know. Mm-hmm. But getting the mindset to get her away from the doctors, I ended up had to get a job where I didn't have any medical insurance, so she wouldn't go to a doctor to get her healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smart move, huh? <laughs> right. You know, she was upset. I can't go to a doctor. You know, I said, Yeah, but you're functioning better. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, they'll kill you, you know. Uh, so. But, uh, no, and that's where, you know, part of the networking, we learn how to uh, help one another and get, encourage one another and all that kind of stuff, you know, that there is alternatives, there is better ways to deal with things, you know. Yeah. You know, so, I, you know, this last week I've got a couple of teeth, I need to pull one of them so shattered that i got a chunk coming out of the gum, you know, uh, sideways, you know. I got infected, and it, you know, it's bothered my eyes, and my glasses were hurting my nose just sitting on there. And and I, okay, I got to hit this. So I got oil, oregano, and a whole bunch of stuff, and I just started hitting it, you know, because I was getting huge headaches and everything from it. Then within 12 hours, the headaches went away and all that, and I was able to function. Then I talked to my nephew, and he had been to the doctor with antibiotics, and he was suffered for two weeks trying to get rid of it. And I'm going, wow. You know, it took him two weeks to get where I got within, you know, within a day. Wow. Yeah. You know, so. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I know back the first time that I was down and she got me back to going and everything was going good. Then a bunch of stuff went wrong in my life and I just kind of crashed again. But when I got better that first time and I didn't see the doctor for almost three years, and when I went back to, you know, have my blood, you know, a, a checkup, he'd come in there and he looked at my chart and he said, I want to know what you've been doing. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, because everything you're, everything is just perfect. You got a strong heart, all this stuff. And he said, the last time I seen you, you were, you could, you were really struggling. 
He said, I want to know what you've done. And so I just told him the truth. I said, well, the first thing I've done is quit all of your dope. <laughs> he looked at me like, you know, well, okay, now what? And I told him what I'd been doing. And you could tell it really upset him. And finally he just sat there and looked at me. He said, well, all I can tell you is, he said, it's working and keep doing what you're doing. But the other doctor I was going to, especially, he got angry. You know, yeah. and so, but guess what? That doctor that agreed with me and told me to keep doing it, he started doing it. He had all kinds of problems himself. Uh, he said his wife was such a good cook, you know, and he started doing what I was doing and all of his problems went away. So, you know, there's proof. Of, all right. You know, it, it, it's, my problem is I... You know, I get busy. I'm the type when I start a job, I can't quit until it's done, you know. And then I'm, they consider me di- disabled, but I don't. I'm not disabled. i got problems, but I'm not disabled, so I won't accept disability. I just went on my Social Security. And uh, uh, that means a lot to me. I want to, you know, that's just the way I am. And uh, if I was in a wheelchair or something, that would be a different story, but I'm not. But I just, I don't, I don't know. It, it's so hard for me to stop and think about eating, you know. I just always ate on the run. And then I'm here by myself now. And by the end of the night, when it's time, I realize I haven't eaten much all day. And, man, I'm hungry. I'm too tired to fix anything. <laughs> You know, and I'm not a cook, so, but I got to change all of that. I got to start, you know, learn how to, and I know like these greens I'm on right now, that's pretty easy, you know, but I feel like I'm starving inside though. I need some kind of real food, but uh, I'm going to wait a couple more days and then I'm going to go somewhere and get me a meal. (laughs) A nice big juicy steak, huh? (laughs) Yeah, something, you know. (laughs) Uh, well you know the thing is is uh you know i think that a lot of the um you know a lot of doctors will say well you got to quit eating red meat and all that kind of stuff and i think really what makes it in their tests and that so bad is all the hormones and the antibiotics that's in there Right. You know, if you had more natural grass, uh, grass-fed and all that, I don't think it'd be nearly the detrimental, right. you know. Well, that's what this doctor's telling me. She only, her family, uh, they, they eat nothing but grass-fed. But she said, don't right. overdo it, you know. you got to do everything. You know, I know people that variety. they eat meat almost every meal, you know. Right, yeah. Well, you know, my dad was a uh, uh, health food nut before it was popular. Always had a garden and we butchered and all that kind of stuff. And so we grew up, you know, the first time I went to the doctor was 12 years old because I cut my hand on the chainsaw, you know, I had to get it sewed up, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was always healthy, you know, and all these, and I think that foundation carried me through a lot of stuff because back Mm -hmm. in the 70s, I worked in a foundry, I was back in the corner cutting asbestos board up and, uh, you know, and had all this Mm -hmm. asbestos floating around me and all that. Never affected Mm -hmm. me, you know. But I think that's because of the foundation that I'd got, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. 
That's why I want to get back to it. That's a good example. You know, like one of my grandfathers is 92 when he passed away, and they said the only reason he did is because he said he's tired of being here. But he (laughs) he had all of his his teeth, and, and he said, you know, the reason everybody is sick and they lose their teeth and all this stuff, he said, because they eat all that processed food. He always, even when he was up that old, he still had his own garden. He ate out of his own garden, raised his own beef. Everything that he ate, that was his life, you know. I mean, he, he was a hard worker, too. But he grew right. a garden, had everything out of that garden and, and his own beef. And uh, they said they hardly ever went to the store, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, I become aware of how, you know, the world around us is in such shambles, you know. I tell people, I said, you know what, I'm looking forward to the day when everything crashes because then we'll either have to learn to live and network with each other and we'll also eat healthier because we'll grow what we need. Yeah. You know, so that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because Amen. we will we will be much healthier. So, you know, I'm seeing the positive out of a bunch of this stuff, you know. <laughs> I think I've hit payday. I think Jill, she's here close to me. I think she has a lot of knowledge that I need to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. I don't know, somebody else does. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I was thinking about these these discussions that we're having. Um, these are testimonies. You know, each of you are talking about how you're you're eating. You know, uh, testifying of what you found out is good, and some that's not not so good. And these are really important aspects of community building. Um, you know, mm-hmm. people presenting their testimonies. Um, and I would suggest, you know, of course, I would I would love to have more calls in the future if you guys are all into that. I mean, I would. Mm-hmm. Just pleased to mm-hmm. go ahead and host some more calls on the basically the same topic um, of commu- you know, building community. Um, but one thought I wanted to present was we're today we're talking about physical food feeding our bodies, but sometime in the future we could also talk about the mental food. You know, what do we feed our mind? Um, testimonies in that realm of things, and also the spiritual food. Um, right. How mm-hmm. do we feed our spirit? Uh, what is what is the the various techniques, the testimonies that various of us have? Because each of those parts of our being need to be fed, um, and each of us have things to share as far as what works, what doesn't work. Um, as we grow together as a community. These things are important. Um, we help one another by sharing testimonies. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. And I think you got the order almost correctly because trying to talk to somebody about spiritual and their their mind without their body being up to par, they're not going to be up for much mental discussion or spiritual discussion because they're so sick. Right. If that makes sense, I think that order is pretty 
we would want to probably tackle the spiritual side first, but if you've got somebody who's hungry there, they're not going to be able to listen to any preaching or any type of mental discussion when they're they're hungry, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We must, you yeah. know, care for the needs, you know, the physical almost, I would say, first, you know. Yeah. Address well, that first. And that fits in with the parables that Jesus taught, you know, because if you talk about food, what's healthy food, what's not healthy food, well, you can roll that into the what's good for your mind and what's not, what's healthy food, not healthy food, and the same way in the spiritual. You know, Mm -hmm. is there a lot of stuff being taught that is not healthy for us, you know? What is healthy, you know? Uh, Where do you have the right variety of stuff to bring health, you know, spiritual and Mm -hmm. physical, yeah. Right. Right. And and then what we're going to discover too, I I believe, you know, as we continue interacting, um, eventually, let's not be surprised if someone brings up something where uh, one or one or more of us say, "Well, I differ with you there." You know, hey, <laughs> you know what you just said, I don't agree with you on that one. Um, <laughs> This is life, you know, we we encounter these things. I hope, though, part of the interaction as we as we do this, I hope we try to commit ourselves to keeping communications open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sometimes yeah. we can we can get to a point where we shut down. You know, if someone disagrees, we go, uh oh, I I guess I better not talk anymore because disagreement mm-hmm. time. But I hope we can really try to commit ourselves to being open. Mm-hmm. So at least agree to disagree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. I know that was uh, something with my brother. You know, God first got a hold of me, and I was talking to him about things that it was just way out there for him. You know, whether it be speaking in tongues or the miracles or whatever. You know. And he just could not handle it. And he finally got to the point where he did not even want to talk to me about, you know, he says, as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to have nothing to do with you anymore, you know. I says, can't we at least agree to disagree? And it took, you know, and he shut it down to where it took quite a few years before we were able to talk again, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it does take time. We just have to be patient because they're they're just bent. You know, the, the one we were talking to, they they just... They get bent mm-hmm. um, in their mind. Right. Wait for them to unbend and realize that that was silly of them to get bent. Um, right. But yeah, um, I think this this whole process, you know, community community building, intentionally building a community. I think it's going to be really important for us to understand that each person needs to be able to vent the differences. You know, we keep those communications open so that when there are differences, those that feel like they need an outlet, um, I think that's part of caring, is to give them an outlet. Hey, go ahead and vent. Someone recently um, spent some time with me, and he said, Doug, I'm going to be frank with you. I think that you, what you're, some of the things you believe, you know, I just, I just totally disagree with you, and I want you to know that. <laughs> well, you know, I appreciated him being frank with me instead 
pretending that everything was fine. So mm-hmm. it was a lovely experience. Well, right, and if you handle it right, you know, then you can open it up. Oh, okay, what is it that you know that you feel? You know, you, you and where did you get it from, or where you know, and and you can go deeper, you know, and without kind of condemning, without you know attacking, and you know, because then you can explore their world. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's you what know. Mm-hmm. And he presented scripture to me and all that, and I just said, hey. Thanks. You know, I, I really appreciate your willingness to, to continue the conversation instead of uh, just getting frustrated and saying, "Well, I just don't agree with you." Because I did say that. Well, I disagree with you <laughs> on some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, yeah, if we can, if we can maintain that, I think we're doing really well. Uh, and by the way, I want to make one other comment, and is that. It's not what I think that matters. It's what the father thinks. If the father thinks mm-hmm. we're doing really well, that's what's going to matter. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and I do believe that uh, one thing that pleases him is when we take time to hear one another and to uh, try to understand one another. Because then we come to more understanding of ourselves, and then we also learn how to understand him. Because if we can't learn how to understand each other, how are we going to understand? Learn how to understand him? Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and and there's, you know, the Word of God says uh, that we need to submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God. But it also says, submit yourselves one to another. So uh, the thing that I notice about that is that the wording there is, to me anyway, it appears that the wording is like make choices. So I need to make a choice to submit under under the mighty hand of God, and I need to make a choice to submit myself to others. And and that's what that's a very important element. In other words, I have no business saying to anybody, "Hey, you got to submit to me." No, that that's just baloney. Right. <laughs> but the, what I need to do is I need to decide to submit to others, and it, and the the, the challenge uh, interacting in a community is balancing. You know, as far as it, but also hold my ground if the thing that the, that God showed me is this particular thing, and I, I cannot let it go because he showed it to me. But submit in the way I should submit with others around me. So it's a tough one. You know, it's it's really one that makes us think hard sometimes. But if you're really committed in the community, it, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and the one thing that I have come to understand, too, is that God can show me something. And then, uh, you know, because it's good for a season to help me understand whatever is going through. Yeah, and, and it's just like when you're reading the scripture, you know, you something will come alive, and then another time you read it, and it shows you something totally different, you know. 
because I come along because of where you're at, you know. And, uh, you know, and so we got to be both flexible and rock hard, you know, because we're believing in what God's doing, but flexible to let him show us where we're, you know, where we're at at the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really fascinating journey. I think, I think one important thing that we will learn is that when we come to the point of emptying ourselves before the Father, uh, you know, empty us, empty out the the ego, the me, the one that says me first, and say, okay, Father, what's what do you want? What what do you want me to do? We all come to that individually, uh, but unitedly then I think we will begin to see the unity that we are. I, I think we crave unity in communities, and it will happen as we empty ourselves out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's amazing, you know, uh, when you said that about, uh, you know, what do you want uh, me to do or whatever. It reminded me of one time I was uh, flying into Dutch Harbor in the wintertime, and uh, it was in this big uh, four-engine turboprop, and and a pilot, he comes on, and, you know, we're, we're bouncing around pretty good. The weather's pretty heavy, and he says, uh, sorry about the delay, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, the wind changed direction, and we got to use a different runway. Well, Dutch Harbor only has one runway, and there's water at both ends of it. On one end, there's cliffs on one side and water on the other, you know. And uh, as we come around the hill, I could—I was on the right-hand side of the plane, and I could see the runway on the left hand. And we're coming in like a seagull in a windstorm. And I'm thinking, if this guy—he's nuts for bringing us in, you know. And so I immediately turned to God uh, because I thought I was okay. If he took my life, I'd be fine. Not at that moment. I said, God, you didn't bring me all this way down to kill me. <laughs> what do you got for me? <laughs> you know, and it's, it's amazing, you know, to, to how we think we're prepared, but then we're not. But then, you know, but just those words is, God, you didn't bring me here to, you know, for me to die out here. You know what? What is you got something planned for me? What is it? You know. Right. So. Not too. Um. What What day works good? If If we did another call, is there a particular time or day that is better than others? You know, my schedule, I don't know. I never know from one day to the next what things are going to go, you know. So it's, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a set work schedule or anything like that. Like when I get done here, I'll go back to the shop and work late tonight and through this weekend and head back to Spokane. So it'd be up to you other guys, uh, you know, as to what would work. Well, for me, other than the doctor appointments and, you know, stuff like that, I'm pretty free. But uh, usually Thursdays or Fridays is a good time for me. But uh, actually, I can do Saturdays or Sundays, too. Mm Mm-hmm. 
whatever works for everybody else. The day doesn't matter to me, but this time of the evening is around dinner time, so I don't know if that's a big deal, but I can just come on when I can and mute when I need to. Okay, so like maybe a little later in the day works better for you, Jill? Um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to revolve around me because I have to be available to my kids. (laughs) Right, right. Um, I'll just... I'll just mute, and when you don't hear me talking, just know that's what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I'm ignoring or I've disappeared. I just got busy. (laughs) Right. And let's see, you have how many children? I have four. Four. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that can be be pretty busy. Yeah. Oh, Jill. When I can, yes. Uh, I just sat here thinking, instead of me going to the grocery store and buying vegetables, I might as well buy them from you. <laughs> oh, that's that not necessary, but you can come <laughs> on over. I'll have to give you a heads up when things are producing and bring them on to you or let you come on over and pick what you want. Okay. So should I just leave you my phone number so you can let me know? or? No? Yeah, go ahead. Please. Uh, 208-571-5270. Okay. And it okay don't matter what... Tomorrow? Yeah, it doesn't matter what time or anything. I'm, up, I, I'm not a big sleeper, but I'm getting more sleep now than I have in years. But uh, a lot of times I'm up by 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning doing something. And uh, okay. other times I just, you know... Do nothing. <laughs> okay. Trying to recuperate, but any any time, even during the day, afternoon, whatever, it, it, usually around anywhere from five to seven. I I I done a lot of rescue, so I have a lot of animals here. Well, I don't okay. now. I got rid of a lot of them, but uh, I do a lot of. I used to do a lot of rescue, and I've got animals here that I can't get homes for that I take care of now. So okay. I. Some of them I have to doctor every day, and some of them I, you know, I have to feed them. So I spoiled them. I feed them twice a day. That's the first thing on the menu when I get up and then before I go to bed. You just need to put your yeah. your your body on that list of things to do and feed yourself yeah. at that time. <laughs> Everybody's telling me that they eat better than I do, which is true. Yeah. <laughs> have a better okay. life than I'll I touch do, but I'm tomorrow. trying to change that. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I appreciate it. Yeah. Not a problem. I have two, uh, well, I'll show them to you. I have two tomato plants and two bell peppers, and one uh, is still in the pot, though, but it's already producing green beans and... uh, Hopefully next month or sometime I'll have some tomatoes to eat. I was wanting to ask you, Jill, uh, I love that yellow squash. I used to just Uh put it on a barbecue pit, you know, a little bit. And, and, you know, then I'd put garlic and all this stuff on it, butter. But is that a good vegetable for me to be eating? Um, 
I'm not sure what you're going through or whatnot, but I would say any healthy vegetable is good for you. Okay. Any clean vegetable. I don't know what health issues you're going through or not, and I just have to research it myself. Well, I I was uh, here quite a while back. My brother passed away, and I had to fly down there, and I caught walking pneumonia while I when I got down there and I had to take care of everything and I went for a week without getting any medical help and then I flew back and then I had to go back again for the funeral and the reception and everything and uh, I was really sick when I got back and I couldn't (laughs) breathe and uh, I had to go take treatments and then they told me I had COPD from smoking all those years and uh mm-hmm. but and it was a lot going on here and once that went away I'm starting to do a lot better now I'm, I mean I I've quit most of the inhalers and everything and uh mm-hmm. they said if if I will eat right you know and get my sleep get my rest that I will be okay I was that they said at 32 you will die, you know, you'll have problems with it. But at 35, you will live to be, you won't die from it. And I, last time I was checked, I was at 32, but I've progressed a lot since then. And they said, if I will just eat right, not smoke, and, uh, you know, eat the right foods, that I will be okay. So I, I know it, it's helping, you know, just this green these greens she has me on right now, but I feel like I'm starving to death, though. Man, I'm so hungry. And then she says no meat, or can you have meat? No, well, you know, I haven't got to talk to her a whole lot about it. She just told me over the phone to go ahead and start the greens like I've done before. She was talking about putting me on a 30-day, nothing but those greens. And I don't think I can do it 30 days. You know, I, I lost a lot of weight when I was going through all that, and I don't need to lose any more weight. Mm-hmm. But she's also told me when I was on it before that it's okay to eat red meat once in a while and, you know, to go out and have a meal like what you want. Just don't do it all the time. Don't go overboard, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm thinking you know, by this weekend sometime I'm going to go get me a meal somewhere and put some food in me. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, probably the, a good type of meat would be fish, like um, uh, rockfish. Um, what about tilapia? Is that a fish? Yeah, it's. I have some in the freezer. I used to take it when I'd get hungry like this and, and fry it out there on my barbecue, you know, I've got a burner on it. And then I'd get this, uh, go to the Hispanic section and get their, uh, you know, their their spices and uh, put that on there on a tortilla. And it, it was a pretty good meal. But I know the tortilla and all that's not good for me right now. She tells me to stay away from all the wheat and stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, dairy... You know, like milk, I drink almond milk now and, and, you know, 
pass you all of the milk like that instead of the dairy stuff. Oh, well. Is that kind of fish from the uh, like a bottom feeder in a lake, or is it a river? Like a no, it's real popular, but I found out there is people that raise it organically, but probably what I'm getting is probably from a farm somewhere, you know. I'm getting it at Walmart or or a Fred right. Myers or somewhere, you know. Yeah. I don't think the tilapia is the best. There's uh, other stuff, you know, because it is farm fred and, uh, and it's uh, such a mass produced that the the water quality right. and all that, I don't think it's a, a real good. But, uh, you know, on your uh, milk and all that kind of stuff, the problem is is when it's pasteurized, it does mm-hmm. something to the calcium and all that, and you can't absorb it properly. And I think, you know, if you do drink milk and that, if you could get raw, you'd be much better off. Mm-hmm. Or or goat milk would be another, you know, alternative, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, what about so, the almond milk and that? Is that okay? for? You know, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of more of a, you know, uh, a, you know, I'm thinking milk, you know, I'll go, you know, the stuff from the the cows or the goats or something like that. That's what I grew up with, you know. And yeah. so Well it's you know, nice hard for me because I grew up on a ranch, you know, and I Right. And I probably drink a gallon of just right from the cow every day, you know. Right, right. Yeah. But you know, I, I know my sister's got me some raw milk before and I and I my body craved it and I've I you know, I processed it a lot better, you know. And uh mm-hmm. if I any more on the uh, uh, homogenized and uh, pasteurized stuff, I, I drank too much of it, all blowed up. But uh, the raw milk, it didn't affect me the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to, I need to get me a milk cow. <laughs> <laughs> they, they sell it at Pollard's over there on the market. On um, is it? I don't know. Main drag is Garrity. Yeah. Yeah. It's eight dollars a gallon, but it's raw, and you don't have to drink that much of it to feel the effects of it. They have goat milk as well. I don't oh, know if I it's raw. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. that's not that far from me. Or the co-op, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the farmers market. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'll have to check into that. But I've got used to the almond milk and. Uh, Oh, the other one, I can't say it right now. I, that's usually what I get. But uh, I used to love milk straight from the cow with homemade cornbread. Right. <laughs> well, I think the best kinds of meat, but you probably can't get them, goat meat and lamb meat mm-hmm. raised on a farm or something. That would be... There's probably plenty here, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. There might be some people around that have that raised those. But um, oh. that's, someone told me that that's the best kind of meat. Mm-hmm. Red meat, anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, well, you know, get on Craigslist and whatever and uh, see what you can find there, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good source to, you know, on the farm and garden and see what's in there, you know, for, you know, because I've seen there where, you know, people are butchering, doing whatever, and, you know, mm-hmm. so. 
I think I can get you some lamb for, I think, five, maybe eight bucks. I don't know how much, but I can get you some lamb from a family who raises them. I don't know anybody who raises goats for meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might have to try that. Because I haven't even had a steak or any meat, hardly red meat for quite a while now, and I'm kind of craving. To, I've been thinking about going to Golden Corral and just, you know, <laughs> but I don't know. Mm. Yeah, and don't go overboard. You know. Yeah. I would yeah. yeah, like two ounces. Yeah. That's, that's a, a reasonable serving. Yeah. Go more than. Now that. wait a minute, Doc. Uh, Doc, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a mouthful. I I want some meat. <laughs> Give me a pound of it. <laughs> Well, I think if you're detoxing too, you want to be careful adding foods because at that point right. it could, you know, trigger some other things that aren't so fun. Exactly. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But you just want to be yeah. careful. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, that doctor, she's invited me to a barbecue tomorrow. And... uh Oh, I'll be gone from between 11 and uh, 12.30. Mm-hmm. A barbecue at her office, but all it is, everything there will be healthy stuff like they eat. And I should be able to, you know, pick up on some of that, see what they yeah. There you go. No golden corral needed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the provision. Yeah, yeah. God's provision, right? Hold out just a little longer. (laughs) Oh, I'm sitting here twisting this pen, and I'm about to break it in half, wear it out. I'm I'm hungry. (laughs) You know, it's it's just amazing, though, how God provides. You know, you know, like with you having the craving, and there's you know the the barbecue and all that kind of stuff. You know. Yeah. And it's like with me, you know, several years ago, I'd lost the place that we were in and, you know, and so foreclosed on. And, you know, now I'm 63 years old and it's like, okay, where do we live and what do we do? And that, and I run into this place we're at. The owner, he's going to, he's financing it. And I'm making everything fall into place. I haven't even really pushed. He just laid it all out there, you know. Oh, and it's great. like God's provision, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, you know, I get to thinking once in a while. I get to, I guess, I get to feeling sorry for myself for having a pity party, and then I get to thinking, you know what? The Lord's been good to me. I've given away, uh, as I remember, maybe more than that for home, paid for. And I was at a point when I went to Oregon, and that's when I met Greg years ago. That that's the reason I was up there. I just kind of crashed and I was tired. I got hurt real bad and had my neck fused and everything and was losing everything. But I had property up there and I went up there and I was sitting in my RV and I sat there for a while. I thought, man, I have never felt peace like this. 
And uh, so I put a place in there. And uh, but it's you know when I get to feeling that way, I think like now a lot of stuff happened after that. But here I am in Idaho, and I have a home, and it's paid for. I don't have anything right. else, but I have a home. I have a roof over my head at at the time in my life when I really need it. You know, I'm 71 years old, but I only wow. feel like I'm about 50, you know, but uh, <laughs> or 20. But uh, right. still, you know, I have to face reality. There's going to come a day when, you know, it would be kind of tough renting a place and, you know, going through all of that. Right. Uh, you know, on a smallest income I've ever had in my life. You know, I was used to making big money. But, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm happier being this way. <laughs> Not as many <laughs> headaches. <laughs> yeah, right. simple. Well, yeah. all the stuff you have on you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, it's like I just got wiped out here a few weeks ago, but I've already gathered some junk. <laughs> But uh, it's okay. It's good junk this time. I mean, I think I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, if I, you know, if I keep keep thanking the Lord for what he's done for me and not turn away from him, you know, and realize that without him, I'm nothing, you know, and there is no life as far as I'm concerned without him. It's just, you know, it's been hard for me to realize how much he loves you. That, and I couldn't understand why he loved me, you know. Why does he, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. because he's a very loving God, you know. He knows where my heart's at. He knows, you know. He knows your struggles. He knows, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's not shocked by them either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things that I've, you know, talked to my wife about. You know, she's a real prayer warrior, but there's a few little things that I, you know, go, you know, because she's always asking God for forgiveness. And I go, why do you do that? First, you're going, what do you mean? I says, because didn't he die on the cross for your forgiveness? All you got to do is reach out and take it and say, God, thank you for for forgiveness. I screwed up again, but you know what? You've forgiven me, haven't you? Mm-hmm. You know, and we need to get the hold of it, you know, and be able to, you know, admit to him that we screwed up, and that he's there to say, okay, now what did you learn out of it? <laughs> you know, let's go on. You know, it's not, you know, you know that's big, uh, Fred. I had to learn that. You know, I I would go try to get counseling, you know, in years past, and and and. Some of these pastors I'd talk to, well, you know, you, God forgave you. You're forgiven. You need to, you know, accept it. And I, it took me all these years to realize that, you know, it. if I'm trying to do it myself and I'm taken away from him, he died well, on that cross for me, you know, right. and I have to... Uh, well, we're making a judgment, really, is what we're doing. And it's only God that is supposed to judge. Right. You know, because if we make judgments, we're playing God. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to tell God, no, you didn't do good enough. 
you know, and that's a hard concept to get a hold of, you know, when we're in the flesh. Yeah. You know, and from the world I was from, I mean, it was easy, you know, to condemn people or to, you know, put them <laughs> out in your life. And I had right. to learn, you know, I am not the judge. Uh, you know, I don't have the right to judge them. Uh, that was a hard one to accept. <laughs> well. Well, yes, it has been very good. I've really enjoyed this time and all that. And whatever you guys decide, I gotta, I gotta head back and get a few things done yet today. So, right, me too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll I'll uh, try to schedule another call next week. Okay, I'll look forward to okay. it. You know. Is anything going on Wednesdays, or is that a good day for anybody? I'm thinking the end of the week's hard on me, but. Either way, I guess I'm good. Tuesday evening works better for me than Wednesday. Okay. So if that works all right, then that's probably what I would choose. Okay. No, that would be all right for me, I think. Yeah. What about you, Clevis? Yeah. Unless some emergency comes up, that would be fine. Yeah. I, like I say, I'll just, you know, go with you guys, whatever. You know, it's good for you. Does that work for you, Joe, the Tuesday? What's that? Does the Tuesday evening work for you? I think so. As much as any other. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would work probably the best for me. All right, so we'll we'll try to shoot for that then. Are you already doing a Skype call on Tuesdays or no? Um, yeah, normally I've been doing this Skype call on Tuesday, uh, and let's see, we could actually do a Skype call, you know, instead of a conference call, um, you know, and, and it would just be that, so pick up this topic and all that. Um, really the only reason why today I did a, uh, talk shoot call was because I was hoping Justin would also get on. He didn't, he didn't join us today. Um, from Texas, but um, he didn't. Anyway, so if he's not able to, then a Skype call works better for me, actually. Um, but if he wants to join the call, then I'll probably do a, a talk show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Doug, uh, are we still on Sunday? I think you said that Skype call, our first one. Uh, a talk show uh, call yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, that was. No, but I got a email set for for Jeff, Alexa, and me, and you and stuff. But we're gonna do a Skype call oh, really? Sunday. Oh. Is what it. Okay. Yeah, we could do a Skype call. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, I was just wondering because that's what you know. That's what I got on my phone. You know, the email anyway. Okay. We wanted to. I I don't know. It's up to you guys. It don't matter. Yeah, but anyway, I, I do plan on talking with you on Sunday. Okay. All right. 
All right. Yeah, okay. right now on my uh, internet, uh, where I'm at, I'm on uh, satellite, so I got such a delay that uh, you know it's kind of hard to you know, communicate over until I uh, finally get set up with the fiber, and then it'll be a lot better. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know I was talking to my wife on it the other day, and it was uh, quite a delay there by the time it goes over the equator and back again. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. Skype doesn't work for you, Fred? Uh, no, not at the moment, yeah. Okay, I see. So that'll, yeah. be, that'll mean it needs to be a, a talk to you then for your... Yeah, okay. that's fine. Okay. Okay. Well, good talking with you all. Thank yeah. you. I'll talk to you yeah. tomorrow, Cleveland. Okay, good deal. It's really nice to meet you, Fred and Jill, both of you. I I, I really enjoyed this. It's been a pleasure to meet you guys, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Doug, Doug, God bless you, Doug, for making this happen. You know, I really appreciate it. Sure, you're welcome. Okay. All right. Jill, Fred, Doug, I'll talk to you guys later. I got animals out there looking at me like, what's your problem? Get up and feed me. <laughs> right. I'll worry about feeding something. myself after this. <laughs> yeah, have some avocado or something. <laughs> well, I went right. yesterday. I couldn't find any that was any good, so oh. I'll just do it out today. They were all so green that, you know, I figured I'm hungry now. I need something to eat now. <laughs> oh. I'll try again. Okay, right. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, Bye. Okay. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.